Welcome to our Think Kingdom podcast. This week, Pastor Antoine teaches from the book of John. Let's hear what God's word has for us from lead pastor Antoine Lasseter. We're going to park our cars, if you will, to John chapter 11. And uh, I got a lot of verses to read, so I want you to bear with me. Um, uh, and uh, man, I'm, I'm just, yeah, John chapter 11. I'll be skipping around. Um, but you can be seated because there's a lot of scriptures to read. Now a man was sick, Lazarus from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. Mary was the one who anointed the Lord with perfume and wiped his feet with her hair. And it was her brother, Lazarus, who was sick. So the sister sent a message to him, Lord, the one you love is sick. And when Jesus heard it, he said, this sickness will not end in death, but is for the glory of God so that the son of God may be glorified through it. Now, Jesus loved Martha, her sister, and Lazarus. So when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. Hold up. Hold up, Lord. Word gets to Jesus about the one that he loved. And the one he loved was sick. Now, the one he loved was connected to two sisters whom he also loved. And so you got Lazarus being sick, whom Jesus loved, written by John, who is the, the beloved disciple. So Jesus spreading all this love around, and he hears that Lazarus is sick. And I land on verse number six. So when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days. Now, let me get this straight, Jesus. They tell you that Lazarus is sick, and it's an urgency about it. But instead of responding immediately, he stays where he was for two more days. Now, I don't know about you, but when I call Jesus, I need him to respond right then. I got issues when he delays. And so I'm reading this and I'm saying, okay, okay, slow down. This is the one, this is the people you love, Jesus? And you hang out for two more days? When you heard they need you? So I just had to keep reading because I'm upset. Verse number nine. Um, so between, ah, verse, between verse number seven and verse number eight, um, this, is, this, this part of the, the journey of Jesus is right after he was threatened to be stoned. And so um, when we pick up on verse number nine, um, the disciples um, are asking Jesus like, uh, Hey, um, we going back to the place that they didn't want you? And then Jesus responds, aren't there 12 hours in a day? <laughs> if anyone walks during the day, he doesn't stumble but because he sees the light of this world. But if anyone walks during the night, he does stumble because the light is not in him. He said this, and then he told them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm on my way to wake him up. Then the disciples said to him, Lord, if he had fallen asleep, he'll get well. It went, it, what Jesus said went right over their heads. Thank God for patience. Jesus, however, was speaking about his death, but they thought he was speaking about natural sleep. So Jesus then told them plainly, let me just dumb it down for y'all. Lazarus is dead. 
Jump down to verse number 17. Now, remember, he gets word that Lazarus is sick. He tarries, as the old folks used to say. He tarries for two days. We land on verse number 17. Jesus finally gets there. When Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Lord, have mercy. Lazarus is sick. They call master. He's sick. He tarries for two days. It takes him a while to get there. He gets there four days. Lazarus is sick. He done died and they buried him. And then Jesus shows up. And not y'all problems. Most, it's just mine, I suppose. That, but by the time I cry out to Jesus, I'm already drowning. And sometimes it feels like by the time Jesus shows up, I'm not only dead. Okay, so just me. So I'm just going to preach to myself. When Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. I love, I love the details of Scripture. John threw already been. He just didn't say Lazarus died four days ago. He already been in the tomb, Jesus. Uh, Bethany was near Jerusalem, less than two miles Many, two, mile, um, two miles away, many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them about their brother. As soon as Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him. But Mary remained seated in the house. Then Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you've been here, my brother wouldn't have died. Yet even now, I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Man, this, this right here is fire. Your brother will rise again, Jesus told her. And Martha, being as theological astute as she is, said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am. If I was in a, oh, I was in a really Pentecostal church, I have a hammond over there. I got to get a hammond somewhere. I don't preach like that, though, which would be odd. Still want one. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me, even if he dies, he will live. Come on, somebody. Everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Now, here's the, here's the thing I want you to underline. Do you believe this? That thing we've been praying for, that we wanted God to just snatch away from us, and it still died. It still was trouble. Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord. Mm. Man, do you believe this even when you don't see it? Yes, Lord. I believe you are the Messiah the Son of God who comes into the world. This is building something here. As soon as Mary came, verse number 32, um, remember one stayed, one stayed home. Um, verse number 32, as soon as Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and told him. This is one of the most honest scriptures in the scriptures. All the scriptures are honest, so I just, yeah. This is, the, this is powerful to me because this is the honesty of a heart that's been ripped apart. Lord, if you had been here, 
my brother wouldn't have died. Oftentimes, what we are struggling with is the fact that I know that he's able and I know that he will. I know that he can, but will he? And so when we are walking with God and the very thing that we've been praying for doesn't happen, if he would only been here, this wouldn't have happened. First Timothy 33, when Jesus saw her crying and the Jews who had come with her crying, he was deeply moved in his spirit and troubled. Where have you put him? He asked. Lord, they told him, come and see. Jesus wept. So the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, couldn't he who opened the blind man's eyes also have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone was lying against it. Remove the stone, Jesus said. Martha, the dead man's sister, told him, Lord, there's already a stench because he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, didn't I tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they removed the stone. Then Jesus raised his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you heard me. Now I want you to pay attention, especially to verse number 42. This is Jesus talking to the Father. I know that you always hear me, but because of the crowd standing here, I said this so that they may believe you sent me. After he said this, he shouted with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out bound hand and foot with linen strips and with his face wrapped in a cloth. Jesus said to them, unwrap him and let him go. King James Version, loose him. That's what we're most familiar with, loose him. Loose him and let him go. Yes. Now, this is, um, I want to focus on uh, verse number 39. And that's the, well, subject, that will be the topic just briefly. Um, because I read so many scriptures, I'm literally almost done. Uh, I want you to look at your neighbor and feel churchy. I think it's because I got my suit jacket on. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Look at your neighbor and say, remove the stone. I don't think we have problems with, um, with, with us being Lazarus in the sense that the thing that we've been praying for died and we hear the voice of God and he resurrects the very thing that we've been dying, that, that we were dying from. I don't think anyone in the church has a problem with that. But I need for you to see yourself as Lazarus and several other people. I need for you to see yourself in this instance as Lazarus, the one who's sick, but I also need for you to put on your creative hats to also see Martha and, and Mary who um, love Lazarus. And so they're witnessing someone they love go through things. And they have done all they know how to do and don't know what else to do but call on Jesus. Then I need for you to see yourself as a spectator. The spectators are the ones who are witnessing it all, not necessarily believing in Jesus, but they know what grief is. So they mourn with you while you're grieving whatever you've been praying for that was lost. 
And you have in this one account of Lazarus so many different scenarios that depending on where you are literally right now is who you can relate to. I've been praying for my family to do X, Y, Z, and there's nothing that I can do outside of begging Jesus to show up. I've been praying for something that I've been struggling with, and this thing is killing me, and the Lord is tarrying. He's taking his time. Does he not know that I need him to show up right now? And sometimes we find ourselves in the middle, and God is delaying his hand. And how do we are, how are we supposed to do it if God does not intervene? But then we see not that people we're connected with, maybe it's our friends that we're just watching, believing God, trusting God, and God seems not to show up. And we mourn with them, but we're not sure about this God thing. Because you've got just as many problems as I have, and God is not responding to you either. And so... We have these different scenarios coming through and, and my heart is breaking because let me just be honest, since I'm the one with the mic, I can relate to every one of them. Sometimes it's me, sometimes it's family, family's going through and the, the situations around requires God's intervention. But what do you do when he don't show up? I remember old folks would say, um, uh, he may not show up when you want to, when you want him, but he always. And so I bothered that. I was bothered because if you, if you don't show, if my car is on the side of the road and I call Dion and say, hey, man, come get me. And Dion says, I'm on my way. But by the time he gets there, I no longer need help. What was the point of calling Dion? And I wrestle with these truths. And then listen, if you're going to be a part of this church, we wrestle with hard questions. And I don't necessarily have all the answers, but something happens in this text that I can't shake. He keeps saying that it's for his glory. So maybe all that you're going through, it's, it's for your good. Doesn't feel like it, but it is for his glory. But Lord, I've been praying about this for so long. And I just feel if I can just take that weight off me, I could serve you better. But then I realized, bro, Vince, that it's the weight that's keeping me on my knees. It's the weight. And, and this walk with Jesus is so weighty because I cannot speed up your deliverance. It's all according to God's time. You, you, you mean if I ever, 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 ever get my money right, I'll be able to do. And God beckons us. No, insert me now. But I... Lord, listen, listen, I hear you, I do, but I got so many people calling me, me owing them money, because if you don't insert me in it, you're going to be drowned by it. And so we see relationships falling apart, 
And the question I keep asking the people that's in a relationship, are you doing it God's way? Because I can't pray a curse off you. If you're sinning, what do you want me to do? And so the reality is we struggle with our own humanity in the sense that most of the things I'm wrestling with is because I'm refusing to give it to God. And it's crazy because you look at this whole, man, I want to I take this, this church through, through every gospel, the four synoptic gospels, because how does Jesus sleep on the bottom of a boat that's falling apart? Like you, I know you're tired, Jesus, because you literally have the weight of the world on your shoulders, but you do not, do you not care that we perish? And so I'm, I'm looking at this and I'm like, Lord, like they told you that there was a need and you purposely stayed, stayed two more days. And I'm getting all these prayer requests, Dion. It's like, there's a need over here. There's a need over there. It's like, Lord, where you at? Because I'm praying. And he's like, he tarry. He. What do you do in the meantime, elders? What do you do? When by the time Jesus shows up, Lazarus is not only dead, but he's stinking. He's stinking dead. And so we see ourselves in this drama. And I don't know where you are in this story, but I can find you in this story. And Lazarus' illness should give us a pause because all of us have this dis-ease about ourselves. There's something that's causing us to, to, to uh, that something that's causing us to be in between two worlds. I trust them, but then it's, uh, it's that scripture that comes to mind. I believe, but Lord, help my unbelief. And, and this is where Lazarus is. And what I'm realizing is that as much as information or every book that you're reading, that can't transform you. And, and, and I hear the testimony and the witnesses of the saints, but sometimes I'm just going to be honest. Can I just be honest? Sometimes hearing your blessing intimidates me. It's like, Lord, you did it for them. What about me? You stepped in right before and then you snatched them out and I'm drowning. What about me? What happens when their Lazarus lives and yours dies? This is the journey. This is, this is why many of us start off well, but don't end well. Because we see it in just this two-dimensional thing. I prayed, he answered. But most of us say most. Most of us pray and wait. And then it's like, so I've been passing out books, like praying the right things and blah, blah, blah. And then now you're praying the right things and it still ain't working. What do you do then, pastor? And so Lazarus is dead. But here's the beauty of Jesus. Jesus shows up. He calls out Lazarus. Lazarus. Yes. No, that didn't happen. He calls, he calls out Lazarus. Um, let me get to it real quick. It's funny. It's funny. Something changes uh, around about um, 
uh, towards the 30, 32nd verse, you see um, they no longer refer to him as Lazarus because he's dead. And, and so the scripture writes um, uh, that, Lord, there's a, already a stench. Um, like when John in verse number 39, I want you to listen to this. Jesus said, remove the stone. And then Martha, the dead man's sister. They have, they have it satisfied them that this thing is dead. And they are trying to move on. And here come Jesus stirring them up. Like I, I've, I've already accepted the fact that Lazarus is now a dead man. But Jesus doesn't call the dead man out. He calls Lazarus out. And he says with a shout, with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. But here's where I want to park, remove the stone. So we're in the community. We're going into the community. And this church in this next season, and I'm speaking prophetically, not going to look like what we were. And there are going to be people that, that come and they're going to be stenched. They're going to stink because they're dead. And then Jesus gets us involved by saying, remove the stone. Remove the obstacle that keeps people away from me. And this is what God is about to do in this church, that here we are, um, participants, and we love the way we worship, and we, we, can, we value one another, but sometimes we just value people who we know. And Jesus is saying, the day is about to come. And, and so don't you become a barrier. Don't you become the stone that keeps people from me. So Jesus says something real simple. He says, remove that stone. And then when the people who were watching, participating, began to get active because they remove the stone. They remove the obstacle uh, that kept people away from Jesus. So Lazarus hears Jesus. He responds. But this is where, this is where the beauty of God the dead man came out bound hand and foot with linen strips and with his face wrapped up in the cloth. And then Jesus said, you unwrap them. You get close to the dead thing. That you're going to get so weird in this season. Y'all hear me. Guess, I apologize. You showed up. I'm talking to family. Y'all hear me. That we're going to get so close to people, we're going to start smelling like them. Because they had to get involved and it, it wasn't this pretty Sunday afternoon experience. We come, we worship the Lord, and now something happens where Jesus is speaking to the dead, saying, rise, remove the stone, think kingdom, and now remove the garments. And those garments are going to be the very garments that stink, and we're going to have to roll up our sleeves and walk with people through some messy stuff. Time out for this Sunday morning experience only. We're going to have to get involved with people's lives because the dead can rise. But the dead don't rise out of our hands. It's when they respond to Jesus. Our work, our job is to unwrap what he called alive. And so this is what... Lazarus' names mean. It means God help us. And so Jesus is responding. He has removed the stone. And so we are removing the stones of our own hearts. Because let's just be honest, man, some people I don't want to deal with. Can we just keep it a buck? Look, man, uh, uh, and he's saying, look, in this season, I'm preparing y'all. 
Like some of us, and I'm not knocking any of us, everybody got this thing, blah, blah. Some of us, the, the, the biggest impediment to this next level in God isn't the floodgates of God shining or, or pouring himself out on us. It's because you won't get past yourself with other people. God works in community and you keep being isolated and asking for more of God. And he's saying the more of me is in the people. Okay. And, and what, what most people, I'm just, I'm just, man, y'all hear my heart, man. Most people trying to get closer to me. And the reality of it is we have to get close to each other because he's taking me somewhere else, which means that the, the beauty of this church is not in the charismatic, the, 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 the way I preach, my personality. The beauty of this church is right out here. If we don't, if you don't hear me say anything else, the people who were helping unwrap Lazarus, you never knew their names. Because this is what the church is called to be, the church of the unknowns. The church, the church where the only image that we project is the image of Christ. So he says, remove the stone, but my heart leaps to the woman was caught in the act of adultery. We've got another types of stones. Because one was being removed and the others were picking up stones. And so sometimes we don't mind helping those that we can visibly see need Jesus. And we partner with the Holy Spirit. But what happens when those we see in sin? And many of us, we like this. Okay. So how many know that you can't pick up stones and help? We have to make a decision. How are we going to respond to the world that's around us? How do we respond to each other? When we see people with hearts that are sick, and it goes back to what I needed you to do in the beginning of the, ser- in the, beginning of the sermon. I needed you to see yourself in Lazarus. That thing, that soul sickness, but then I need to see you to see yourself in Martha, that they too love Lazarus. Then I need for you to see yourself as ones who are skeptic, because God is calling all of those people here. And the moment you forget, or we forget, I'm Lazarus too, is the moment that our brokenness becomes honored and someone else's brokenness becomes immaturity. In other words, you know what it took you to get right. Why are you acting like they should be further along than they are now? When are they going to submit? And let's face it, there's a lot of surface stuff you submit to. So Jesus says, come out. But in this microwavable world, with our fast modems, we don't like process. We don't want to see how the sausage is made. Everybody heard that, sir, that, that statement before? Because I got young people I hang out with. They never heard that. I didn't know. Raise your hand. I need to know. Thank you, Jesus. Wait a minute. All y'all around my age. Forget I said that. So here's what I want us to pray for. Next seven days, I want us to pray. 
I believe that Lord is stirring something up in this church. And I'm going to tell you the beauty of it. I'm not people who normally don't lead are leading it. And so Lazarus was looking for a hand to help him. And I'm saying this prophetically. Everybody say it with me. All hands on deck. It's going to take all of us to do what God wants us to do. And so when Lazarus comes out of the tomb, you know, when you, you see Jesus does all these other miracles, I believe this is his seventh miracle. You see Jesus doing all this other stuff. You see, like, the man crippled and he just, he's just walking and just, just having fun. But, but, but Lazarus takes him, he's slower. And I'm speaking to someone now who feels like they should be further along than where they are. Don't negate slow progress because slow progress is better than no progress. And so he, he, he moves slow. Some of us, we just started school. And you're going to hear people say things like, ah, you just started school? I mean, I don't know if I could do it. La, la, la. I don't even hear that. Because you don't know what it took me to say yes to it. And so we got to be careful. You're going to start your business now and leave that job? The Lord said so. It was confirmed. Yes, I am. I'm going to speak. So, so, but don't, do not compare yourself. So I got a friend of mine. Um, uh, so, you know, uh, this is the only example I could use. It's not about me, whatever. But, um, you know, 83 pounds I lost in like seven and a half months. And um, I got a friend, and he, um, he did the weight loss surgery thing, and he lost 80-some pounds in like uh, 45 days. So I, I looked at, you know, so I'm like, man, 45 days? And it took me, and I still, you know, I still slow down and look at cheeseburgers like I shouldn't. But the point is, um, he's losing it. And, you know, I'm driving in the car. And this is what I said. Must be nice. Took him 45 days, something that took me seven and a half months. But this is what Spirit said. You know what Spirit told me? So why are you complaining the process? You don't know his process. We don't enjoy how long it took us to get to wherever we're trying to go because we're so busy trying to judge other people that we think took shortcuts. You don't know what it cost them to, do to get the same results in a quick amount of time. You have no idea what it cost them. And so you have to guard your heart from comparing your progress with someone else. Many of us, if we just get off social media, you will appreciate more of what God's doing for you. Because as soon as you do this, oh, Lord, you, begin, you become discontent with what God is doing through you. And so this is what my point is. Be intentional about your relationship with God that keeps your eyes on God. Be intentional. Here's where I want to close, and I'm literally closing, Dion. <laughs> that was shade. Sorry, man. He's leaving. Like, you know what? Play your own music, Reverend. <laughs> This is what I want to talk to someone about just briefly. Talking to someone 
You need to hear me in the spirit. Amen. It's time for you to come out of that tomb. You know, we need to remove the stone, but Lazarus has to come out. Lazarus has to come out of the tomb because you and I were never meant to live in the tomb. We were always meant to be moving towards Jesus. So for some of us, it's that next step that we have to take. Now, I don't know what your next step is. I don't know what God is beckoning you to do. But what I know is that when you hear the voice of God, respond. So I don't know who's here. I don't know what tomb you found yourself in. Maybe it's the tomb of tradition. Maybe it's the church hurt that you've experienced. And you said, I ain't ever going to be a part of another church. I'll come. I'll hang around. I'm going to leave. I don't know what tomb you have. I don't know if the tomb is in your finances. That because you can't see beyond yourself and it's, it's all cloudy, I don't know what your tomb is. It's time to come out. Some of us, we have such hurt in our lives, man, that part of how I guard myself is I don't get, let people get close to me. Can you love again? Can you come out again? Because Lazarus comes out, he responds to the voice of God. And when he responds to the voice of God, there's people around him helping him to take those dead things off. Lazarus was never asked to, to remove those dead things himself. Lazarus was asked to respond to the voice of God. That concludes this week's message. If you were blessed by anything you heard in today's podcast and you feel led to give, feel free to text the word GIVE to 704-741-3705. And if you are in Kannapolis, Charlotte, or surrounding areas, come on by and visit us at 465 South Cannon Boulevard in Kannapolis, North Carolina, Sundays at 1033. You can also join us online Sundays on Facebook and YouTube. Be sure to subscribe to us and also check us out on Instagram under Think Kingdom. As always, you can go back and hear this message and so many more right here on our Think Kingdom podcast.